Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Thanks for joining us on The Change Artist, where we bring our listeners stories and great advice for leading and following through change from business leaders who are making a difference in their organizations. I'm your host, Alyssa Cox, and here on The Change Artist, our motto is, if change is the only constant in life, let's do it better. Now, this season is all about transformation. And transformation is a word that gets thrown around a lot these days, particularly by consultants. But what does it really mean? This season, we have a great lineup of business and thought leaders who are at the forefront of the theory and execution of transformation to help us shed light on what transformation is and how to execute it well. So to help us kick off the season, my guest today is Laura Barris, Vice President of Enterprise Transformation at Ulta Beauty. So Laura, let's start at the beginning. What do you mean when you use the term transformation? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it probably has evolved over the last you know decade or so. At Ulta Beauty, the way we think about transformation is anything that is substantially changing the way that we work. And that could be people, processes, technology, you know, ways of working, so operating model, et cetera. And really, you know, change happens all the time, as we know, but it's really that big change um, that is impacting the way that people come and, and perform kind of in their role day to day. And that's how we really define, you know, transformation. And there's a quote that I, I actually love and I think kind of speaks to it. And the quote is from an entrepreneur out in, in San Francisco named Nick Candido. And what he said was companies that change may survive, but companies that transform thrive. Change brings incremental or small scale adaptations while transformation brings great improvements that ripple through the future of an organization. And so I think when I think about it, right, the things that are really compelling about that are just the underpinning that transformation has to be connected to your future strategy and your enterprise strategy in a way that not all changes are directly all the time. And so with your transformation team, how do you control the scope of what your team is asked to do to prevent yourself from getting mired in the smaller change that modifies, right to your point, the smaller change that changes the way we work today and keep your team focused on the change that's going to change the way we work tomorrow? Yeah, it's really hard. And we we come at it from a couple of different ways. I would say you from a top down and really kind of zoomed out perspective, it is being really deliberate about making sure the way that we're scoping transformations really is driving the outcomes that we want in terms of our long-term strategic objectives for the company and just the enterprise as a whole. Um, and so where my team really focuses is that broad enterprise lens. We obviously have people, including in my own team, who also focus kind of deeply within a function, but that's often where some of the smaller changes or more project kind of related initiatives that have a clear end date that are nearer term, not as closely tied to really the long-term growth objectives of the company kind of sit as well. And so, you know, it's definitely upfront in a transformation, scoping it so that you're really clear on what it's driving. It is also kind of that day-to-day really checking in and having the mechanisms, a lot of it stemming from really strong governance around, hey, are we good on scope? Are we sure? 
challenging decisions, challenging changes that are happening, um, obviously through formal processes, but also, you know, from a leadership level. And that's really kind of the role my team plays within Ulta Beauty. How does then a dedicated transformation team work in relationship to the core operations business teams that they're looking to transform? How do you draw those lines? And also, how do you get the right insight? Because sometimes the people who have the best insight in how to transform are the people who are closest to the day-to-day work. For sure. And, and they're critical, right? You can't you can't have a successful transformation without having the functional leaders be with you in that journey um, and with you and candidly often leading it in, in some cases and in some moments. The way that we think about it and manage it, it is one of the hardest things that companies have to do is to look through two lenses at the same time. And I call it kind of like, it's like bifocals, right? And when you move to bifocals, you are showing my age here, but you are like training your brain to both see kind of long and short at the same time. You have to do that with transformation because there's so much, um, and especially our functional leaders, that they have to be focused on delivering the core and delivering what we're here to do um, and service our guests kind of every day. You also have to know that you're building for something, you know, in the future and for that growth at the same time. So a lot of the ways we structure that are just one, you know, as much as we can get dedicated resources to some of the transformations, people who are fully focused on that kind of transformation at a time, even that sit within the functions. So they're absorbing what's going on in the core, but they're dedicated to thinking about what's coming. That's been a recipe for success for us. Um, And something that's candidly difficult to do because it does require investment, right? But the other things we do are we're really deliberate and choiceful about those big investments and transformations that we make. You know, obviously we're not perfect. I don't think anybody is. Prioritization is a big challenge for, I know, almost every company out there. And we're no different in that regard. But we do, we do really focus on that. And we know our functional leaders are, are key to our success. And so when you're going through the prioritization exercise, are there standard things that you're using across, across functional domains to assess and prioritize? Because your transformation team works across functional domains, assessing and prioritizing where you're going to invest as you're making decisions between really dissimilar projects or really dissimilar functions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is where, you know, we've we've learned and grown and matured organizationally. You've got to have a really strong framework that everyone is aligned to as to how you're making those prioritization decisions. In absence of that, it feels a little bit ad hoc, could be construed as why are you cherry picking my thing? to put on the table and prioritize. So that framework and getting alignment to that framework really takes away some of that agita that exists and that that tension, right, in the organization. Our framework is generally themed around strategic, financial, and operational considerations. Um, On the strategic side, it is that check mark and that alignment check of, how is this going to drive growth for us? Is this a foundational investment that we've got to have to step growth on top of? Is it directly, you know, going to deliver growth? Financial, obviously, right? We look at what is the investment going to cost over what period of time? We look at the ROI, we look at, you know, IRR, break-even points, all kind of your typical financial metrics. 
you know, and eventually aspiring to have kind of that benchmark of what sort of return do we want to generate from that portfolio of investments overall um, for the financial health of the company and our financial algorithm broadly. And then on the operational side, this is where a lot of the resource conversations come in, right? And it's, can we take this on right now? When can we take it on? Who do we need in order for this to be really successful? Do we need them fully dedicated, partially dedicated? Do we have the expertise in house? Are we going to need a partner? You know, all of those sort of conversations that have to happen. And so we look through a framework and we really hold ourselves to that. Um, and it has been tremendously impactful since we put that in a couple of years ago. So what do you do when you have an initiative that people agree is the right thing for us to be doing from a strategic perspective? It's going to deliver the ROI, but you look across the organization and you're having a hard time getting the functions to release the resources to make this initiative successful, right? To give you the frontline expertise to make sure that you actually drive this forward, both from a build perspective, as well as a change management perspective. Yeah, and this is where it gets really into art and science, right? Because no two initiatives look the same in that regard. And you're right, there are times where, you know, hey, we look at an initiative and it's a new opportunity for Alta that doesn't exist, a new capability we don't have. Um, and I'll give you an example, right? When we built our retail media network, which is called UB Media, um, we didn't have any media expertise in-house, right? Brand new to Alta knew it was meeting our strategic objectives, knew it was gonna meet our financial objectives. We also knew one, we couldn't resource it with the talent that we had today because we didn't have anybody with retail media experience. So that was one where we had to say, hey, we're gonna do this differently and we're actually gonna go get a team to come in and bring that experience in house. Um, and we felt that strongly about the strategic and financial lenses in order to go and do that and make that investment. There are other initiatives where we say, hey, it is part of the core. We do have in-house resources here and it just may be a matter of waiting for six months. And then the decision is really, do we wanna wait? Do we want to outsource and get going while we kind of wait for those in-house resources with the core knowledge to free up or not? And that's really where the decisions get tricky. And it's, it's much more of an art and a judgment call. And so then once you stood up, particularly if you've brought in outside resources, like on this media project, mm -hmm. what does the transition look like then from transformation to operate, right? We've changed the way we work and how we work to meet our strategic objectives and now it's just the way we are day to day moves from a transformation space to a regular operation space. How does that transition work? Yeah, we reevaluate what's in our transformation portfolio every quarter um, and we reset it at least once a year. And so there's a good example when we um, stood up our partnership with Target, it started as an initiative because we didn't we didn't have the team built. We didn't have the relationship with Target the way that we have it now, which is obviously really strong. New partner, learning each other, new business model for us in terms of selling through an entirely different you know, retailer, which we'd never done before. And so as we were standing that up, the first two years felt very much like we were building something and it was pretty project-based. Once we hit that two-year mark, it became really clear. We have the team in place. They're funding themselves. Right, We've got the partnership established. We have ways of communicating to the organization around it that are outside of like what our office typically would do while we're in the middle of a transformation. 
And so we actually said last year when we refreshed the portfolio, we don't we don't need this in here anymore. We've got we've got what we need. We've operationalized it. We're we're done. We have some criteria around that as well in terms of what it looks like. And again, you know, it's helpful to have because you've got that checklist kind of in your mind. It still is an art and a science, right? And some of it is is also about, you know, risk management too. How close of an eye, you know, do you need to keep on it organizationally with that enterprise lens? Um, and Target is a great success story for us where we've been able to spin it off and it's it's an operating unit of its own now. And I love this idea of almost using the transformation office as an incubator with spinoffs, right? And spinoffs back to the core business and to stand up new business units. Yeah, a talent perspective too. So you know, Target, one of the one of the success stories from for my team in particular was you know, when we stood it up and operationalized it, we actually transferred some of our own talent to continue to support that initiative. And so, you know, the way we think about our transformation office is absolutely, you know, incubating and bringing these new ideas and new growth opportunities for the company to bear. Also, it's a way for us to really invest and accelerate kind of our talent in placing them different parts of the organization as well, which has been really exciting. And so what is your approach to bringing people into the TMO and then sending them out again? So how does that, how does the transformation office play in your overall talent strategy? Yeah, we, we've taken a really deliberate approach. Um, we sit within a strategy and transformation broad capability that reports directly to our chiefs. Um, and so we've got that place of independence in the organization. We've got dedicated headcount that we bring in to fill roles in the transformation office specifically. But we very much have built this as a talent accelerator for the rest of the organization. We're usually going to get people that have that really rare blend of really strong strategy and strong execution. And our team really lives at that intersection. And that skill set and what we've learned is it plays so well across almost any capability within Ulta Beauty and probably you know, outside of Ulta Beauty, although we, we try not to let that happen. And so as these programs mature and as people get immersed in delivering the work, they really do become the subject matter experts. They hold relationships. So the target example, you know, the, the woman that, that moved with the team and is now kind of leading part of the target relationship, I mean, has built really strong relationships with that partner and became so invaluable that as we said, hey, we're going to operationalize this, shift it out of the portfolio, it's ready to run on its own. There was a role immediately that was like, well, we can't possibly do this without her. And that's the best thing I could possibly ever hear, um, because it means we did our job so well, no one can imagine kind of parting with our talent, which is exactly what, what we want and what we're trying to develop. And do you bring folks in from a staffing perspective for a 12, 18, two year sort of a, a, a rotation articulated in terms of duration? Mm -hmm. Or do you bring folks in to support specific projects? And as that project then transitions back to the business, as you spin it off, mm -hmm. then their time with you, their development time with you in the TMO has come to an end and it's time for them to go re-immerse themselves in the business. It's a good question. And it's a little bit of both. Um, there are some initiatives that are, you know, we we have some strong generalists that I would say we bring in that have a really broad skill set that are kind of, I compare them to like utility players in baseball. They can play kind of almost anywhere in the infield, right? Um, and so we do kind of look at our portfolio across 
operational. And that includes things like you know, supply chain, enterprise systems, right? Those sorts of initiatives. And we look at go-to-market, so much more kind of merchandising, digital, guest-facing, consumer-facing work. So we generally hire within those two pools. And then within that, we have a combination of people who we've hired specifically because we've got a really big initiative where we need, for example, you know, somebody who's seen a, a digital transformation all the way through. We also just say, hey, we just need more arms and legs and operational. We need a really strong generalist skill set where we got a couple of initiatives we're going to float people between. So it's really a combination of what we hire for. And then how we allocate those resources is really kind of on, on demand. We, of course, look at you know, what's in our transformation portfolio, which is our top about 15 initiatives that comprise 85% of our investments every year. So it's our biggest ones. And we staff those first. Um, and usually that's about all, all, all we staff. Um, there's a long tail, right, of course, that needs support. And we solve for that a little bit differently. But as we staff that, you know, it could look like, hey, you know, we need somebody for six months to get this program over the finish line. Here's a really clear milestone of when that's going to be. And then we know, like, okay, that resource will become available again to deploy elsewhere. Sometimes it's a little more nebulous and it's like, we're going to be on a journey for a little bit of time. And that's where we do start to think about too, you know, rotating around to make sure people in our, in our office are also getting different experiences and building their own kind of toolkits. And what's the balance on your team between internal transfers into the TMO mm -hmm. versus having hired new employees to Ulta Beauty directly into the TMO, folks working in transformation who perhaps don't have the grounding in the way we've done things in the past? Yeah, um, we, we've had a little bit of both. I would say at the moment, just given where we are in our transformation office is only about, let's see, 17 months old right now. Um, so it's a baby, right? For that reason, we've tended to hire a little bit more initially from the outside to get that really good skill set and blend of strategy and execution. Um, but we certainly have had, you know, others from internal to the organization, particularly in our change management capability, where it is so relationship driven, and you've got to know how Ulta really operates and behaves from a cultural perspective to be successful. We found really good success with bringing internal talent into that that component of our organization. I mean, you mentioned the change management and the relationships, but what are some of the other sort of key talent gems that you found? These are the things that you've got to be able to do well to be really successful in transformation, as opposed to the things that perhaps in a finance transformation space, being able to run a forecast really effectively mm -hmm. isn't the same thing as being able to transform the way we forecast. Yeah, I think, you know, to summarize the headline I always say we're looking for is that perfect blend of high IQ and high EQ, right? And that's why it's so hard today um, to, to find all of that. And it's also where if you find one component, you have to know what you can develop and where you can develop, right? And so you know, somebody may come and not be a total expert in what, what we're looking for, but if they've got that really high EQ, that's the piece for me that I look at as a leader that's a lot harder to teach. Um, and so if they come with that, usually we can train and develop and get that, you know, person geared up and competent in this space, the functional space of what they're serving, right? And so, so it's really that blend. And within that, right, the blend of strategy and execution, got to be a self-starter, 
have to be very comfortable with ambiguity. A lot of times in transformations, we don't we don't know the full answer at the outset or it evolves over time. And so you've got to be able to, you know, step back, have that perspective, roll with the punches. You know, it also for us and what we what we teach a lot here is we are independent right? We don't pick sides. There are always moments in a transformation, right? Where you've got differing perspectives and that's a healthy thing. That's generally kind of where the growth comes from and where, you know, you're about to take a big step forward. Our role in that though, is to really focus on the data and be really independent. And so when we're hiring, you know, we kind of look for all of those characteristics. We can develop some absolutely. And then we look for some, some folks to come kind of with that really high EQ. And so how do you know if you've been successful in the transformation you're leading? Yeah, great question. I mean, there's the obvious, right? Which is, hey, at the beginning, we say, what are, what are we setting out to accomplish from, you know, those metrics that we're measuring, whether it's financial, operational, we've completed it, yes or no, right? So there's the obvious of like, did, did we do what we set out to do? I think where it gets tricky is not transformations don't end at a go live. Sometimes you're going to wait right, for that revenue to ramp over a couple of years. And you're not going to know right away if you were successful, but you also can't continue to hold up all these resources until you know for sure, obviously, right? Because we got to pivot to the next thing. So in those cases, I think what we look at is, you know, how are how are teams adopting the technology or the process change or the new way of working? There's ways to measure that, but there's also just kind of a, a look and feel to that too. And so again, you know, with transformation, it I feel like it's always about the art and science, but it is a little bit about the art and science there too. Then um, before you declare victory, you got to you got to know where people are on the journey. You know, luckily I think too, you know, we've and part of the reason you know we anchor so much on relationships and EQ in our organization is when you do get to the end you know, you can get the nice head nod of like, yes, we're, we're doing everything you said and it's going great. You want the real story. And, and it takes a person with really high EQ to be able to ask the right question in the right way to sometimes get that pulled out. Um, and so that's, that's what our team does. And so when we're successful, right, it looks like everybody in the organization is kind of walking around smiling, right? We know that we can see it. Adoption is good. We can measure it. And then, you know, over time, as the financials start to come in, we can prove that out too. And so just being really clear in what your success outcomes up front are really help you then say at the end, are you successful or not? Well, I love it. This is great. I know we're coming up to the end of time here. And so I have one more question for you. And that is, when is transformation done? Is it ever done? What does done look like? Done, well, it depends. I always say, is it, is it a big T transformation or a small T transformation? And what I mean by that is when we look at our portfolio and we look at the journey that we're on for Ulta Beauty, so big picture, right? Big T transformation. I don't think we're ever done. And the reason we're not ever done is because the world around us and the conditions around us and the market are continuing to evolve. They're continuing to evolve, you know, without us and certainly with us as we make moves to be disruptive in the beauty category as well. For small T transformations, they absolutely are done, right? And, and success then is like, hey, 
they're standing alone, they're, they're operationalized. They may not be done in terms of continuously improving, but they're done in terms of the really big changes that are gonna set the company on the trajectory for the future that, that we all want. Um, there's a great book out there called The Transformation Myth that, that basically is like, yeah, you know, transformations used to end. They really don't anymore. Um, but that's where you could call it transformation or you could call it something more like, you know, evolution, I guess. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with us today, Laura. I know I've learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners have as well. If you've enjoyed our conversation here today and would like to hear other episodes in the series, you can visit us at www.blueswiftconsulting.com or follow the show on your favorite podcast service. Thanks again, Laura. Awesome. Well, thank you. Always really good to talk about this stuff. So appreciate it.